Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Future paleontologist. I'm Dinosaur George, and welcome to the podcast. It's a beautiful day. It's always a beautiful day when I'm spending it with you. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you're having a a great uh, week. Well, it happens to be the weekend, but when you listen to this, it may not be the weekend. So I hope you're having a good day, no matter what day of the week it is. I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to the podcast. This is a family-friendly, kid-safe place to be. We are very careful about what we say and do, and this is a very safe place for your children to spend their time. So for all of you parents out there who entrust me with your children's well-being, I am honored by it. I, I truly am. I mean, I'm honored by that. It is a it is an honor for a parent to feel comfortable enough to let their young ones listen to this podcast um, uh, without the parents having to listen to every word. Now, there's a lot of parents that listen with the kids, which I love that, too, because it's great to see families sharing and interacting and <clears throat> excuse me. And so uh, for all you parents out there, thank you. And and guardians, grandparents, aunts, uncles, everybody. Thank you for all of you out there. Just give you a little bit of information. We now have one million sixty four thousand and forty one downloads of this podcast. We're heard in one hundred and eighty countries throughout the world and in fifteen thousand nine hundred and ten cities. And I hope your city is one of them. Well, it has to be one of them, right? Because, like, if you're listening to this and, and you live in a, in a city or a state or a country, you know, you're kind of you're hearing this. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, we started this program over at the Patreon Club. For, for all of you that are T-Rex members of the Patreon Club, members got to vote on this new program called the Dinosaur of the Month. This is where a vote is taken and the highest rated animal is the dinosaur of the month. It will be the focus of a podcast or each pod or at least one of the podcasts we do during the month. And um, the Patreon members just recently voted and they voted for Spinosaurus. They voted for Spinosaurus. Now, yes, some of you may be saying, hey, we heard Spinosaurus in episode six. Well, do you know that was three years ago? And so uh, this is our this is the 98th podcast. This one is number 98. And um, so anyway, they voted. And um, so what's cool about it is once the winner is chosen, then during that particular month over at the Patreon Club, we have discussions we provide activities, we share facts and information, plus during that month, any items associated with the Dinosaur of the Month 
uh, everybody visiting the store at Trader's Village in San Antonio, Texas, you get 10% off of those particular things on top of the discount you already get if you are a T-Rex or Raptor Club member. So it's really cool. So basically, everything that's related to Spinosaurus, you would get a discount if you bought a Spinosaurus toy, a real Spinosaurus tooth, a replica tooth, anything like that. You get 10% off of the Dinosaur of the Month. Speaking of the gift shop, I hope you will consider going out to Trader's Village in San Antonio. We're only open on the weekends. You can find complete details about us at our website, dinosaurgeorge.com. And you can click on the Visit the Museum page. And speaking of that, a couple of you have stopped by, as a matter of fact, just today. Just today, um, we had um, some some folks come in from, um, uh, oh my gosh, where is it? I was trying to think. Massachusetts. They're going cross country and they stopped at our store in Massachusetts. Now, I was so disappointed that I wasn't there. But let me tell you something that the staff will do. If you ever visit my store and I'm not there, if you will go up to the staff members and tell them you came to see me, if I'm available, they will FaceTime me on one of the phones so where I can talk to you through FaceTime. It's not the same as getting to meet you, and I wish I could have met uh, the family today. But uh, if nothing else, I get to FaceTime. So let me do a quick shout-out to them. Pennysaurus, Benjasaurus, and Lizzie Sukas. These are all members of our Patreon club. They stopped by, and by the way, I heard you rotten kids call me El Stinko. Now, let me tell you something. Nobody knows the identity of El Stinko. I'm so tired of you kids coming up to me and going, hey, you're El Stinko. I'm not El Stinko. Stinko doesn't look anything like me. El Stinko, um, okay, yeah, so he's the same height as I am, whoop-de-doo, but El Stinko, well, okay, he's got the same eye colors as me, but other than that, El Stinko, okay, El Stinko doesn't have much hair, but other than that, El Stinko is that well, he knows a little bit about dinosaurs. Anyway, I am not El Stinko. Stop calling me El Stinko. All of you out there. All of you. Pennysaurus, Benjisaurus, and Lizzie Sukas, mom, dad, thank you guys so much for stopping by and uh, saying hello. And, I, and like I said, I'm so very sorry that I, I, could, I wasn't there to meet you guys in person. But I, am, I appreciate so much that, that uh, you guys uh, came all the way or, or made a stop in San Antonio on your cross country trip i'll do some more shout outs in just a minute but i had to get to them because i was talking about the store so if you ever come to san antonio if you live in san antonio around uh go to our website it's located at a big outdoor place called traders village we have a building out there we've got a really impressive little museum in there i've got stuff in there that you i can't think of any place that i know of that you can see all these now i do have one big skeleton and that's the the teenage tyrannosaurus rex called tinker It's a pretty big one. But everything else I've got are skulls and claws and bones and that kind of stuff. But what I've got in there is I've got, let's see, two T-Rex skulls, one huge, one medium, and then the skull connected to the skeleton of Tinker. I've got a Giganotosaurus skull or Giganotosaurus, depending on how you like to pronounce it. I've got a Spinosaurus skull. Can you imagine that? You get to see a Spinosaurus next to a Giganotosaurus next to a Tyrannosaurus Rex skull, all of them. I've got a variety of different ceratopsians. I've got 
Some really rare dinosaurs. I've got Saurophaganax and Torvosaurus. These are both Jurassic predators. I've got uh, Carnotaurus, Cryolophosaurus, no, I'm sorry, uh, Dilophosaurus, Aleoramus, Utah Raptor, Apatosaurus. Who else have I got in there? Pachycephalosaurus. Um, I've got Cosmoceratops, Diabloceratops, Protoceratops. I've got Dinosuchus, the crocodile. I've got Sarcosuchus, the crocodile. But I've also got mammals. I've got a huge mammoth in there, big southern, big Colombian mammoth. I've got the longhorn bison. I've got the Irish elk skull are the big antlers of that thing. It's massive. I've got the skull of a huge meat-eating pig, the death pig, El Stinko. That's what he probably smells like, that giant pig. I've got, uh, what else? Bear skulls, saber-toothed cats, American lion. The jaws of a megalodon. Anyway, if you guys ever get the chance to come out there, I hope you will, because I know you'll enjoy it. And if you do, like I said, ask for me when you get there. And if I'm not there, let them know that you came to see me and they'll try to contact me. Now, sometimes I can't I'm I'm not in a position to be able to do it, but it's better than nothing. And I will try all I can to be able to do that. All right. And by the way, it's only open Saturdays and Sundays. It's open 10 to 5 both days. Both days. I am going to try to be there. Hang on. Let me open my calendar. I I am going to try. I put it on my calendar. I am desperately going to try to be there. I am going to try to be there Saturday, February 17th, at least for most of the day. Saturday, February 17th, I will be at my store at Trader's Village, and I may be able to be out there Sunday the 18th as well. I don't know right now, but I'm going to try. So um, so I'm going to definitely be out there. I'm going to try to be out there on the 17th. I'm going to try to be there 17th and 18th as well. And if you get a chance, by the way, reviews help a lot. And if you're able to to leave a review for our podcast, I wish you would. And if you can leave us a five-star review on Google for the museum, I would appreciate that as well. It, it truly does help us a lot. It helps more than you can imagine getting those reviews, and I certainly appreciate it. All right, so let me do a couple of quick shout-outs here, and then I've got to do um, uh, February birthday shout-outs. So let me jump through here and find my – here we go. Okay, um, I was at Pullen Elementary, which is up near Dallas uh, yesterday, and uh, we had a traveling museum, and Hayes came up and uh, introduced himself, which I thought was really cool. And he gave me a uh, he he gave me um, a who would win. He said Parasaurolophus versus Iguanodon. I, I like that one. I like that one. Um, I I told him it was Iguanodon because of the thing. But anyway, but what was really cool also is he had this big mammoth tooth. He had this really big mammoth tooth that he, I don't know how they acquired it. I don't know if they found it. I think, I think he mentioned his grandfather found it or something like that. But uh, that was really kind of neat to meet him. I, I enjoyed that a lot. It was, it was really kind of cool getting a chance to meet him and seeing that, um, seeing that really, really cool, um, uh, that really cool mammoth tooth. It was really big. I liked it a lot. Okay, let me see here. There was another one. Where did that go? Uh, oh, here it is. Eli. All right, Eli. Talking about calling somebody else Stinko. I was at Armstrong Elementary, which is also kind of in the uh, sort of in. I can't remember the name of the city, but it's near Wiley. It's up near 
um, uh, Rock, Rock, what's the name of that town? God. See what happens when you get older, kids? It's up in the Dallas area of Texas. I don't want to say Dallas because they're not in Dallas, but it's in the general area. Anyway, Eli comes up to me with his mom, and they said they listened to the podcast, which I like a lot. And everything was going great until that kid called me El Stinko. Let me tell you something. Eli, I am not, no one knows the identity of El Stinko. Faster than the Flash. Stronger than the Hulk. Can see in the dark like Batman. No one can know the identity of El Stinko. <laughs> Eli and Mom, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you enjoyed um, seeing the Traveling Museum, which I enjoyed very much seeing you guys. It was really, really nice to see you. All right, let me see if I have any other ones. I have to check my phone because, see, I'm on the road a lot. And when I meet somebody and I promise them a shout out, I have to put it in my phone because if I don't send myself a message, then uh, guess who forgets. All right. Let me just make sure I don't have any other ones in here. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, now I told you a little bit about the Patreon club. T-Rex members of the Patreon club get the opportunity to hear a birthday shout out for them. Now, I try to get all of them, but sometimes uh, we have people that join the Patreon club after we've already announced that month's birthday. So we try to make up to those. And sometimes I just miss them. Um, I, I have an incredible, um, an incredible uh, director of marketing, uh, Alexis, who puts all this stuff together for me. She puts it all together for me and I read it and sometimes I miss things. And so that's my fault. I apologize. So let's get in here and do some birthday shout outs. First of all, I missed one back on October 2nd. That's Heathoraptor. Heathoraptor, I missed yours on October 2nd. You turned nine. What an old man. Uh, Cha-Cha Raptor turned five on January 25th. I missed that one too. So now we get into the February are you supposed to pronounce it February? February? I can't even say it. But anyway, here we go. Uh, Javisaurus Rex turned six on February the 1st. Cormatorus turned six on February 1st. Noah turned 15 on February 2nd. For all of you, Noah is my assistant. For those that members that, that have joined us for your live Patreon meetings on Zoom, you all know Noah as the young man who takes over for me and completes the lesson and takes questions and answers right before the lesson begins. So happy birthday to you, Noah. Uh, Noah, by the way, I'm really hoping we get a chance to go dinosaur bone hunting this summer. Marasaurolophus turned three on February 4th, or maybe it's Mara Sorolophus. I like that name, by the way. Mason Allosaurus turned eight on February 4th. Archaeopteryx, I see what you did there, turned seven on February 5th. Luca Spinosaurus turned six February 5th. Uh, Arthur Raptor turned seven February 6th. Brachio Beckham turned eight February 6th. Jasper Luplocephalus. Jasper Luplocephalus turned six on February the 6th. Wachiopteryx. 
Hooky Up Drinks. That's a great name. Turned seven, February 6th. Giganota. Okay, this is cool. Gigaginotosaurus turned 12 on February the 7th. Negalodon turned 8, February 8th. And then today, today's date happens to be the 10th. Caspersaurus Rex turns 8 today. Wessie T-Rex turns 5, February the 13th. Rock and Roar Ben turns 7 on February 15th. Arlo turns 8, February 15th. Laura Raptor turns 9, February the 15th. Elliot Tyrannus. Tyrannus? What a great name. Elliot Tyrannus turns 8 on February 16th. Adelinsaurus Rex turns 7, February 17th. Dinosaur Bronson turns 7, February 17th. Gracie-saurus Rex turns 6, February the 21st. Phoebe Cephalosaurus, what an amazing name, turns 14 on February 22nd. Uh, and I think this is pronounced side. Is that correct? C-Y-D, side? Right? Is that how you pronounce it? I think it is. I think it is. Anyway. You turn 15 on February 23rd. Wow. Carcara Donta Nolan turns 7 February 24th. Dominic and Clara turn 6 on February 27th. So for all of you and for everybody having a birthday in the month of February, I'm going to I'm going to try to let a dinosaur sing happy birthday. Look, if you're new to this podcast, just let me explain something. We have a laboratory and we use some DNA that I found in a raptor leg bone. We didn't think it was good, but it turned out to be good. And we created a raptor in our laboratory. Now, everybody can come up and pet this raptor. Everybody pets it. It's the, it's the most loving thing, except for me. It attacks me. Every time it sees me. And let me tell you why I think that happened. Remember in the scene in the very first Jurassic Park where John Hammond watches a baby hatching out of an egg and he goes over and he kind of helps remove some of the eggshell to um, to let the little raptor break out of its egg. Well, I tried to do that with Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. That's what we named this little raptor. I, I, I tried to do that. I thought I was being nice. So I walk over to the egg and I see it cracking and I pulled a section off. And all I remember is that little raptor in the egg looked at me and said, hey, dude, how about a little privacy? This is my house. And ever since then, he's hated me. It attacks me every single time it sees me just because I thought I was helping it. Oh, everybody else, Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor lets you pet them. If you ever come out to Trader's Village, we often have Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor out there. You could pet him. You could take pictures with him. Oh, he's great for you. But for me, he attacks every single time. So how did it get the name Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor? Well, let me tell you something. On the day it hatched out of the egg, the first time it ever bit me, by the way, we all sang happy birthday. And in the middle of the song, he went, ta, ta, ta. 
I think he was snapping at me. But he sounded like he said cha-cha-cha. So we named him Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. Here's the problem. Now it says Cha-Cha-Cha and ruins every birthday song. It was so mad that I opened up its eggshell and exposed him and didn't give him any privacy. Now he wants to ruin everybody's birthday because that was its birthday. So there is the story of Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor. Now, I'm in a recording studio. Before we begin to record, everybody looks under the counters. They look on the ceiling fan. They look under the desks. They look everywhere to make sure it's not hiding. Somehow it keeps getting in here. And I don't know how. But it keeps getting in here. And sometimes it dressed up as an Amazon delivery person and they opened the door and it came running and attacked me. One time it was dressed as the police. One time it was dressed as a fire department worker. One time it was dressed as a pizza delivery person. This thing is horrifying. It's little, but it's mean. So every time I get ready to sing happy birthday to everybody's birthday, it shows up and ruins it by attacking and biting me. So this time we are going to make sure there's four people in this room with me. There's the sound man. There's the video man. There is our writer. And then there's uh, a fourth person. I don't know who that is. He's wearing sunglasses, whoever it is. He must be a new guy. Anyway, so there's four people in this room. Now, please, all of you, look around and make sure Cha-Cha-Cha Raptor is not in here. David, are you good? Good. Joseph, you're ready? Got it. Elizabeth, you're ready to go? She gave me a thumbs up. A new guy? Um... Okay, he gave me a thumbs up too. Okay. And that new guy's got sharp fingernails. Dude, you need to you need to clip your nails. And why are you wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses? We're inside. Anyway, I don't know. It's a new person. I don't know who it is. Okay. So now, let to help me sing happy birthday, I am going to bring up to the microphone a baby Who am I got? Who do I have in here? Ooh. Let's use this baby Pachycephalosaurus. All right, come on up here. All right, is everybody ready? Check one more time for cha-cha-cha. Okay, everything looks good. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's sing. Happy birthday to Cha-cha-cha. Did you? Hold on. Did you guys hear that? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Happy birthday to Where I keep here. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna bump you at breakfast and knock you out of your shoes. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We got. No, go get him off. God, no, where did he come from? Get him. Get him off of me. Go. Where did he come from? He was what? He was dressed up like the new guy. It was the new guy. How did you guys not see that it had a tail? Oh, okay. You know what? Let me, let me take a break. 
become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Why? Why? How did not, how did nobody know it was sitting there with you three? Well, don't look at me. I didn't hire him. I thought you guys did. Okay, forget it. I need Band-Aids over here. Gosh, this little. Okay. Anyway, so let's talk about our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. Well, Spinosaurus is absolutely an incredibly popular dinosaur. There's no doubt about that. Spinosaurus is very recognizable with the giant sail. Now, he was always popular with uh, with most people in paleontology, but it wasn't until the third Jurassic Park where they highlighted Spinosaurus. And that's where a lot of people, a lot of young people and people that didn't study dinosaurs that much just really became enamored with it. The name Spinosaurus in English means spine lizard. You see, when when dinosaurs were first discovered, when paleontology was first becoming popular, the most common language used during those times was Latin, Latin or Greek. Those were popular. Most scientists in other countries in the world could speak enough Latin to where they were able to communicate. And so giving these dinosaurs Latin names made sense back then. So when you say the name Tyrannosaurus, what you just said is Tyrant Lizard. When you say Stegosaurus, you said Roof Lizard. When you say Triceratops, you just said Three Horned Face. So the names sound unusual because that was the most common Latin, uh, that Latin was the most common language spoken by early scientists. Now, so you may say, well, is Latin still the most popular? Actually, no, no, actually English has become much more popular. But as sort of a tradition, scientists continue to use uh, Latin names when uh, naming new dinosaurs. It's just sort of tradition. They don't have to. They're, they're, not, they're not all named that. They're not all not all Latin names, but but that is sort of a, a tradition. So its name is high a, a spine lizard because coming off of its backbone are these great big tall flat spine looking things. For those of you that ever get to go to my museum, I have one of those vertebrae there, and you can see how tall the spine is. It's incredible. Now this dinosaur was discovered in 1912 and then described. Uh, by a paleontologist named Ernst Stromer in 1915. So it only a part of it was discovered. What they found is they found part of the jaw. They found the teeth. They found those back vertebra with the big high spines. They found some ribs. They found some backbones. Well, from those bones, Ernst Stromer drew a pretty interesting image of this dinosaur, the original drawing. 
It's kind of standing straight up with its tail sort of dragging the ground. But back then, keep in mind that um, that early paleontologists didn't have as much information as the modern ones do. So they thought these were giant lizards and therefore they assumed they drugged their tail like a lizard. But it's an interesting drawing. It's, it's really an interesting drawing because it's not that far off. It's really not other than the, 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 that it's standing straight up. If it leaned forward, that would be a pretty accurate drawing. And considering that was done, you know, that was, that was done way back in 1915. That's crazy. Um, now, this dinosaur lived during the early to late, I mean, early late Cretaceous, 99 to 93 and a half million years ago. It it was it it was definitely um, it was definitely before Tyrannosaurus Rex. So many of you who send me who would wins want to know Spinosaurus versus T Rex, and I understand why. But but they didn't live together at the same time in the same place. Uh, Spinosaurus is um, there's two species. Let me let me cover this again. When you give a dinosaur a name, it has a first and a last name. Its genus is the first name. Species is the last name. Two dinosaurs can both have the same first name. We just did a podcast on the new Tyrannosaurus macriensis. So now there's Tyrannosaurus rex and there's Tyrannosaurus macriensis. Well, there's two Spinosaurus species. Spinosaurus aegypticus, that was found in Egypt, and Spinosaurus moroccanus, I can't even talk anymore, moroccanus, that was found in Morocco. So there are two subspecies, but the one best known is Spinosaurus aegypticus, that's the one that, that almost everybody knows. This thing is huge. It is still considered one of, if not, well, it is considered the largest it is considered the largest theropod dinosaur. Its estimates are 15 meters long. That's 49 feet in length. That's a really, really big animal. That's a really big animal. You're talking about, you're talking about a monster. And the question always becomes, you know, why, why is it so big? Why is it that big? Um, and um, now this is interesting in 2005, with some new discoveries, they now are suggesting that it might have been 16 to 18 meters long. That's 51 to almost 59 feet long. If that turns out to be accurate, that is a massively big dinosaur. And you may wonder how come they don't know the true size. Well, hardly ever do you find a whole dinosaur skeleton. You just never do. They're always, there's always missing pieces in most cases. So they have to find the missing, they have to, they find what they can find and they kind of fill in the blanks based on other similar dinosaurs and that's how they estimate the size. This thing is massive. This thing is massive. You're talking about an animal that could weigh anywhere between four to nine tons, nine metric tons. That's nearly 20,000 pounds. That's that's almost from between nine to 20,000 pounds. It is massively big. Now, they also have relatively big claws on the hands. Matter of fact, 
I've got three Spinosaurus claws. Actually, one of them's for sale at the store at Trader's Village. I actually have a Spinosaurus claw. I have a foot claw and a hand claw. They're expensive, but they're real. How crazy is that? Um, But they had relatively big hands with big, massive claws. And that it's called a neural spine, a neural spine. That's what you call the big, tall piece coming off of the back vertebra. The back vertebra, uh, that's your backbone. And these things were pieces of bone that were straight up. I saw somebody sent me a, a question and they asked, what are they made of? And if they were broken off, would they grow back? They're made of bone and no. They would not grow back. They could heal, but they wouldn't grow back again. It's like if you break your arm, you don't grow another arm. Your bone might be able to heal back, but a second arm won't grow from the broken piece. It'll just stop growing. The bone won't grow anymore. So the same thing with the uh, vertebra, uh, with the, um, the we, we call them spinous processes, the neural spines. Uh, they could not uh, they could not grow back so that it the, the neural spines would give it that gigantic sale. And again, there's so many questions about the sale. Like, what does it do? What what could it do? Did it? I mean, so many different suggestions. I believe that it was used to regulate the body temperature. And here's why I think that. Most evidence suggests Spinosaurus is a pescivore, a fish-eating animal, an animal that ate aquatic things, turtles, crocodiles, alligators, gars, anything that was in the water that it could catch. I believe, based on the most recent evidence, it suggests that that's what they're eating. They they were capable of eating other things, but it appeared that that the, their focus was the water. So when you are in the water, water steals your body heat away from you. Even on a hot summer day, you can become cold if you spend too much time in the water because the water is stealing your heat. Well, you have to replace that heat. Now, dinosaurs have reptilian background. They're from the reptile family. And if they are not warm-blooded like a human then they would have had to have at least the sun would have had to help warm up their body. And if that's the case, Spinosaurus is so big. If you've ever seen pictures of alligators and crocodiles, they always come up on the shore and they lay there and they sun themselves. That's how they warm up. Snakes do that. Turtles do that. Lizards do that. They have to, their engine doesn't start until their body temperature gets warm. If dinosaurs had any sort of thing like that, It would take Spinosaurus all day standing on the shore to warm up. So instead, if that sail was capturing the heat of the sun, the rays of the sun, it would be continuously charging its body with heat, even when it was in the water. I believe that sail was used to to um, absorb heat so this animal could stay in the water longer. It might have secondarily been used to weigh to an attract a mate, but that is too much, too much bone, too much energy is spent growing that sale. That sale cannot just be for advertising. 
it would not go through the energy to grow all of those gigantically tall spines if all that that was for was for attracting a mate. And if that was the case, then only the male or only the female had them. In the animal kingdom, there's not a lot of both male and females that both have attracting things on them. In many cases, the male is more attractive or the female has more attractive attributes and they are drawing attention to themselves. So if it was for that, then one of them wouldn't need it. The male or the female wouldn't need that thing. So I believe that it was used as a way to continuously recharge its batteries because of the heat that was being lost from its uh, from the water stealing away the heat. And you may wonder, well, why was it in the water anyway? It's that big. Shouldn't it be the top land predator? Actually, it lived with Carcharodontosaurus. Now, this is a big-time, big predator. Carcharodontosaurus is better built for fighting than Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus isn't built that way. Spinosaurus has a very long, skinny snout with uh, kind of round, pointy teeth. Perfect for grabbing fish. Not good for ripping off chunks of meat from a from a big uh, herbivore. It could bite you, but that's not what it's made for. It's, the bite is meant to hold on to you and swallow you whole. That's why he's eating little crocodiles and anything else that it could get fit in its mouth. Carcharodontosaurus is different. This thing has a mouth full of sharp, serrated edge teeth. Spinosaurus's teeth are not serrated. They don't have a serration. If you don't know what a serration is, ask your parents to show you uh, on a knife. Don't you go get a knife and look for yourself because a serrated edge is incredibly sharp and you could really cut yourself. Don't ever go pick up knives yourself, but ask your mom or your dad or somebody in the family, an adult or a very much older brother, or sister to show you what a serrated edge is. That's a very, very sharp knife. Um, so uh, Spinosaurus does not have serrated teeth. It's got sharp pointy teeth that are perfect for sna- snatching wet, slippery fish. Its nostrils are also way back on the, towards the middle of its skull, not at the end of its nose where you'd expect all other predators. Why? Because it could stick his nose in the water and still breathe. He could, he could stick his mouth in the water and still breathe. He, he could sit there with its mouth open, waiting for something to swim by and snap shut. And the whole time it could breathe through its nose. So it doesn't have to keep its whole head out of the water. This animal appears to be made. It appears to be made to be semi-aquatic. And, um, you know, something else about the, the sail, just something to think about. There is a bird that uses its wings and kind of brings them out in front of it and brings them together. And it kind of forms like a tent. And what happens is that it creates shade. Its head is in the middle of the tent. Its wings are around its head, and it's kind of making a circle around its head, and it's making shade. Well, little fish think it's safe to go in the shade. So little fish go up under there, and then he grabs them and eats them. Maybe the sail could be used sort of like that to cast a shadow and attract fish who think it might be safe, and he could just simply turn his head and grab you. But there's no way to know, but there's a lot of cool things about it, that's for sure. Something else about it that's really neat is they found, I don't remember what year it was. I want to say it was maybe five, six years ago, maybe. This, the year is 2024, in case you're listening to this in the future. Um, its tail 
is very flexible, meaning that it might be able to use it to swim the way a crocodile uses its tail. See, a dinosaur like raptors and like Carcharodontosaurus and Spinosaurus, I mean, not Spinosaurus, Tyrannosaurus and Giganotosaurus, their tails cannot wiggle like a crocodile's tail. Their tails are stiff. Theirs are for balance. But Spinosaurus's was probably used as a way to move that tail from side to side and use it to help it swim. It's carnivore. It is semi-aquatic, meaning it does not live its entire life there. It, it probably could not completely dive its entire body under the water, but I don't think it wanted to. It doesn't need to hunt in super deep water. In fact, most of the prey that it hunts is going to be in the more shallow water. So it probably spends the majority of its time in rivers and in lakes and maybe venturing into the ocean. But it takes a different kind of animal to be able to eat things from the ocean because you are usually saltwater. You can swallow saltwater. Not all animals can deal with that. They can't get rid of the excess salt. If you want to see what I'm talking about, look at a marine iguana. Marine iguanas sit on the shore and it looks like they're blowing their nose, but they're actually getting rid of the salt that they've ingested while eating underwater. So um, these things are probably spending most of the day in the water and most of the evening and night on land. Somebody suggested that there are little receptors, little things on the nose that could pick up uh, the electric field of anything in the water. See, if something is in the water and it's alive, it puts off a tiny electrical impulse. Um, The idea could be that it may have been able to hunt in the dark or um, in shadows and not have to see the prey. It might be able to sense the prey. It might be able to sense the prey. So to me, it's just, it's just a remarkable dinosaur. Everything about it is amazing. And I just think it is one of the coolest things in the world. All right, let me answer a couple of questions right quick. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. Okay, because Spinosaurus is the Dinosaur of the Month, all of the Ask Dinosaur George questions are about Spinosaurus. This first first one comes from Phoebe Cephalosaurus, who says, well, the, here's the question I was reading. What was Spinosaurus's spine made of? What if it ripped during a battle? Would the poor dinosaur bleed to death if his spine got ripped? I feel like ripping it would be a major downside to having a spine. Yes, that's a very good observation. Okay, first, it would not bleed to death. There are not, in order to bleed to death, you have to usually have an artery or a major vein cut. Biting a bone could break the bone, but it would not bleed to death. It would certainly bleed and it would hurt because there's skin around it, but it would heal itself and uh, it would go on. It would be sore, but it would heal itself. Now, it would not grow back, though. It wouldn't grow back. What would happen is if it was broken, but the two pieces were close together, 
their body, the body would begin to produce more bone to build a little bridge between the two pieces. That happens a lot with dinosaurs. But if the bone is bitten off completely, then all that the end of it will do was heal, just kind of heal itself over. But it would not, uh, it would not, I, I, I believe firmly, sorry about that, hang on. There, I lost my place. I, I believe, I believe firmly it would not bleed to death at all. And uh, so the downside to having it broken was, is obviously it serves a purpose. And if something, if it's not there anymore, then it would impact it. I don't know if breaking one or two would be enough to change anything, but it certainly would have some sort of an impact. Alejandro Ankylosaurus says, is Spinosaurus related to alligators? Yeah, all reptiles are related to dinosaurs, but but what we have here is something called convergent evolution. That's where two animals that are not closely related can both sort of have the same features. For instance, Brachiosaurus and giraffes, they're not related. And yet they both have long necks because they both do the same thing. They eat at the top of the trees. Triceratops and rhinoceroses, not related. And yet they both have those horns as defensive and offensive weapons. Dolphins and ichthyosaurs, they're not related, but they look similar. Why? Because they live in similar environments. Your body is going to adapt to the environment that you live in. And so they have a relationship to alligators, but the fact that they have that elongated nose, those claws on its hands and that flexible tail is nothing more than it evolving those features because of where it hunted. Great question. Uh, Starviraptor said, do you think Spinosaurus' sail was brightly colored or more camouflaged? This is a good question. This is a good question. I think color is more important for predatory dinosaurs than most people know. I think that it, it helps attract a mate, but it also sends a signal to other animals that says, look at my colors. You see how bright they are? That means I'm an adult. You don't want to mess with me. You don't want to mess with me. And so um, I think they could have been. But if that sale is used for what I think it's used for, which is to generate heat, to collect heat, then I believe the sale was black. I believe the sale was jet black for two reasons. One, the black color will absorb heat more, making it warmer. And two, if it's using it to cast a shadow, then it's even harder to figure out what it is that's making the shadow. When you look up, you don't see bright colors because that would make you think there's a living thing there. Instead, you look up and you don't know what you're looking at. Maybe that's the side of a mountain. Maybe that's a cloud, but it's certainly not an animal because it's just a big, giant black blur. So in my opinion, I think it's black. For all of you that follow me on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page, if you would like projects, here's what I would like for you to do. I would like for you to draw a picture of a Spinosaurus with a black sail. I just want to see what you draw. It doesn't matter what color you make the rest of. You can make it any color you want. But I would like for it to be either standing in or near the water. And I would like to see it with a black sail. All right. Um, all right. So that uh, we're running kind of long on time. So let me do a couple of who would wins. 
And then we will wrap this one up. Let's do it. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, sticking with our Dinosaur of the Month, sticking with our Dinosaur of the Month, let's go. Noah, my assistant, said who would win? Spinosaurus, which is Noah's favorite, versus Allosaurus, which is my favorite. Noah, you're fired. Okay, moving on. (laughs) Noah, I can't believe you would be so evil as to ask a question that you already know the answer to. You know good and well, my Allosaurus cannot take on a Spinosaurus. You asked it simply because you're being evil. Yes, I would have to give this one to Spinosaurus. It's just, it just, he just wouldn't be able to, he wouldn't be able to defeat your amazing dinosaur. All right, Adasaurus Rex. Now, by the way, these who would wins all come from our uh, Tyrannosaurus Patreon Club members. All right, Adasaurus Rex said, who would win? Spinosaurus versus Varanus Priscus. I believe Varanus, isn't that the name of, isn't that the name of the giant, like, Megalania? Oh, my gosh, I don't have it in front of me. I, I'm, I'm doing this by memory. Adasaurus Rex, this is a great question. I believe, I'm almost sure Varanus isn't Varanus that giant, like a giant predatory mammal-like reptile? Oh my gosh, I can't remember if it was the giant, um, the giant monitor lizard, or if it was the Permian predator. My gosh, I I can't I can't say who would win this one, Adisaurus Rex, because you stumped me. That's a good one. I'm so sorry I couldn't answer. That. All right. Indo Eli and Ezra Dactyl want to know Spinosaurus versus Irritator land battle. All right. Irritator comes from the same family, so you have a lot of similarities, but I'm giving this one to Spinosaurus because it is simply too big. And then Spinosaurus versus Liplorodon battle in the water. Wow. Spinosaurus would have to go into relatively deep water to be able to find Liplorodon to fight. Then he loses all of its advantages. He can swim, but it appears that Spinosaurus may not be able to go underwater because of the size of its lungs. It would hold so much air that it wouldn't be able to dive underwater. It would have to breathe all of the air out of its lungs and then dive underwater. And then you can't stay very long because you have no air in your lungs. So I believe Liplorodon would win very, very, very quickly. All right, and Dominus Luke says who would win? Spinosaurus versus Dire Wolves versus Dinosaur George with 100 stink bombs. Well, look, kid, I'm not going to lose a fight if I have my stink bombs. My stink bombs come from under my arms, and nothing can survive them. Now, I know some of you right now are saying, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If you're not El Stinko, how did El Stinko get his name? Well, that's none of your business, people. Mind your own business. 
We're not speaking of El Stinko. We're never going to speak of El Stinko again. <clears throat> I would win the fight. Why? Because I'm El... Okay, let's moving on. Let's see. Uh, Lucas Spinosaurus, age six, said, who would win? Spinosaurus versus Parasaurolophus. I like this one. Parasaurolophus certainly has some defense, but its defense is its tail. And it may be able... The tail height would be about the height of the knee or the hip of Spinosaurus. And so he might be able to knock Spinosaurus off its feet. So it's not like he's, it's not like he's completely, um, he's not completely helpless. Spinosaurus's teeth are not made for, uh, Spinosaurus's teeth are not made for ripping big chunks of meat off, but he could definitely cause some damage. All right, my friends. I would love for you to become Patreon Club members. It helps me cover the expense of recording these and paying everybody and doing everything. So I certainly hope you would like to. What's fun is we have a monthly meeting. If you are a Raptor Club member or a T-Rex member, you get two meetings a month. Our next meeting is a week from this recording. So I think it's the whatever the date. Remember the day I said I was going to be at Trader's Village earlier in the podcast? Well, that's the day that uh, we're, our meeting takes place. So that's going to be uh, February 17th. So if you would like to join the Patreon Club, our topic for this one is uh, extinctions. We're going to talk about how animals become extinct. Go to my website, dinosaurgeorge.com, if you'd like to um, become a Patreon Club member. We have three levels. One is free. One is $5 a month. That's a Raptor member. And one is $10 a month. That's the T-Rex member. For everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you like Spinosaurus. I love it. Follow us over at the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page where you can post some cool pictures. On my next podcast, I'll go over there and I'll mention some of the cool stuff you guys are leaving. Thank you all so very much, everybody. Be kind to each other. Take care of your family and friends. And I will see you all very soon. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.